Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So the missing part... Of many, 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 many Christians in a growing relationship with the Lord. Oh, they've made a commitment and they want to feel good about their growing walk, but they've stopped growing because there is not this connection to people, people who will hold them accountable. Why is it true sometimes that Christians do not grow? Often Christians will make a commitment to the Lord, but then there's no growth following that commitment. Why? In today's message, Pastor Mark explains that it's not enough to just be a committed follower of Christ. That's important. But often a missing piece is a vital connection to someone who can help hold them accountable for their lives. Pastor Mark helps us to see how much we need others as Christians. We need to have someone with whom we're connected that can be honest with us about our lives. Are you connected? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the Gospel of Matthew as he begins his message entitled, Why Church? Connect! Matthew 22, let me preface it by saying this. Where would you think you would go to be loved and feel loved? And also, where would you go to get answers to life? Would you think, A, a church, or B, a hotel ballroom? Which would you think? It should be A, the church. If there's any place where a person should feel loved and they're given the answers to life, it should be a church. That's what it was designed to be. And the reason we're not doing it is because of one key principle you're going to learn today. We're going to learn today an incredible principle in these five C's that we've been giving you. But before we get there, let me just remind you of a fact. First thing to write down today. Every person, you included... Every person was created by God to be connected. It's a word we'll use a lot today. Vibrant personal relationship. You were created by God to be connected in two ways to two groups of people. God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And second, to other people just like you. We were created by God to be connected to these people. Now, I've asked you to turn to Matthew chapter 22. Scoot on down to verse 36. This is known as the great commandment. The great commandment. It has two parts. 
Matthew 22, verse 36. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Verse 37, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So I'm to love God, body, soul, spirit, all of me, love. Then, well, it doesn't stop with God. See, I'm to be related to God and I'm to be related to one another. So I'm supposed to also love my neighbor as I love myself. Now, how hard is it to love your neighbor? That isn't really the right question. The right question is, who's your neighbor? And then is it hard to love them? How many have a neighbor that, well, you can love them, but you really don't like them? So sometimes this is a, this is a little tough thing. Love is a funny word, isn't it? I love pizza. I love baseball. I love football. I love my wife. I love desserts. I love my dog. I love God. Well, God made it very, very easy for us. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you say that you love God, it's not complicated. How do I love God? How do I love God? You're going to see this verse on the overhead. It's simple. How, if, if the commandment is to love God, how do I know that happens? Here's how. John 14, 15. If you love me, you, you, will obey, obey what I command. So it's not hard to see if I'm really a believer and I'm the first greatest commandment is to love God, I don't have to have this, well, I wonder what love is. It's exhibited by obeying his commandments. If I actually say that I love him, then I'm going to obey the commands of God. Well, one of those commands, first one is to be in relationship with him, so I have to give my heart to God, and then I have to follow him because that shows that I'm loving him. But second, he said, I'm to love my neighbor as myself. So if I really love God, I will have a relationship with other people. Now, the series that we're in is called Why Church. We're related to a, a group of people. We, we're a church with walls. We're really a church outside of walls. And most of the church, in relating to people in any kind of deep, intimate relationship, is not done in these walls here. It's done outside. Now, the definition of a church... If we'll get back to doing what the church was designed to do, loving people, loving God, we don't have to have somebody that hugs three a minute in a mall. And have people have to say, a nine-year-old has to say to a stranger, what happens to me when the life is over? How can that be? How have we missed it? Well, we have to get back to do what we're supposed to be doing. The church, that's who we are. What's the definition of the church? We gave it to you. A living organism, a body of believers, a group of believers like you and I who carry out the purposes of Jesus on this earth. We understand that we're to continue the message and the ministry of Jesus as we take it to the streets. This is how we believe if you follow these five core commitments... You will accomplish in your life what Jesus and what God wants you to do. We began to see that we, the first week we talked about commit. 
I make a commitment, a commit to be a growing follower, not just a follower, but a growing follower. Speak like him, talk like him, minister like him, have a character like God. Number two, if I do that, last week we talked to you about that we can celebrate. I can celebrate. Doesn't matter whether times are good or bad. I can celebrate because I know that God's in control of me. Sometimes he brings trials and difficulty into my life to grow me like Jesus. Today, connect. These three things connect. Connect to others, people, in, in this vibrant relationship that Well, to be very honest with you, it has to be personal. It has to be where we're really talking about the things of life. Now, as you think about, here's the the third C that we're going to talk about today, connect. Let me ask you a question. What does connect and celebrate and commit have to do with each other? Let me give you an idea. Every person has made a commitment to something and they didn't follow through. Am I right? You made a commitment. So, see, we, most of us in church, we, we would say this. Pastor Mark, all I have to do is make a commitment to follow Jesus Christ. That's it. I made a commitment. Well, you're going to see this morning, it is essential you make that commitment. But God gave us other things to help us keep that commitment. Why? Because many times I make a commitment, I don't follow through. Let me give you some examples. You and I, we've made a commitment to diet. Has that ever happened in your life? Yes, we make, we've lost millions of pounds. We've gained them all back. We make a commitment to exercise. And then a few months later, you, they're on the used machines that's been used twice. You know, body by Jake, whatever. We make a commitment to watch less TV, to spend more time with our kids. We make a commitment to have a date night every week with our spouse. We make a commitment to be more consistent in our devotion times. We make a commitment to go to bed earlier so I can get up and have that thing. We make a commitment to stop adding to our credit card debt. We make a commitment to read a new book every three months. How many have a book on your bedside that you haven't opened forever? (laughs) But we made a commitment. We're going to read that. I got to read more Christian literature. And then we make this commitment. Well, we make a commitment to invite somebody new over to the house. Well, how did I make those commitments? Exercise, watch less, less TV, get involved with my kids more. How did I make those commitments? Well, it happened like this. You either saw a television program and got convicted, encouraged, or a pastor, or a friend, or you read something in the newspaper. Coffee now is supposed to be a healthy deal. A few years ago, memory told us all the things are wrong with coffee. So I coffee, but no coffee, tea now. Now it's coffee's back again, and it's very healthy. Now, why would you start drinking coffee? Well, you read the article, and you go, hmm, I'm convinced. Okay? Now, if you don't like coffee, it doesn't matter how convinced you are, pretty soon you're going to be what? Back to tea or iced tea or something? Because you can make a commitment, but a commitment is often not enough. If a commitment was enough, we'd all be perfect weight, We'd all have the books we needed to read. We'd go to bed early. We'd be healthy. There'd be hardly any heart disease. We'd actually spend a tremendous amount of time with our kids. We wouldn't be in debt. And we'd have a great marriage. Well, look at us. (laughs) What's happened? A commitment isn't enough. So I want you to write two things, two. First, it's not enough just to commit, but you have to connect. You have to have somebody being accountable to you. 
to challenge you on. A friend who's going to say, I thought you weren't going to eat any more chocolate cake. You, in fact, you asked me to hold you accountable. Yeah, I know, but that was last week. Please look the other way, would you? <laughs> you see all the diet people and exercise people, know they're going to have a trainer with you. When you go to Weight Watchers, when you walk in, you're going to get on a scale. Well, I don't want to get on a scale. Why are they putting you on the scale? Because they want you to connect. There's a personal relationship. Somebody's going to hold you accountable. So understand, a commitment is not enough. If I'm going to have a commitment in any area of my life, I need someone to hold me accountable. That's the connect, a personal relationship with people that are going to go, what are you doing? And if I will do that, then commit and connect is held together. And these, remember the weakest link breaks it. I can be the most committed person in the world. But if I don't have somebody to hold me accountable, I'm going to fail. And if I fail, I will not celebrate. You see, I'm going to lose weight. And I go two or three weeks, and I'm doing really well. And I'm kind of celebrating when I get on the scale. I'm feeling good. People love me, and you go outside, and people go, wow, you, you, look, you look pretty good. Yeah, I lost a few pounds. And then you go on, and, and nobody's holding you accountable. And pretty soon, you book a cruise. <laughs> da, 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 da. Well, I'm just going for the sea, right? All the food you can see is what you're going for. So you come back, and what happened to your diet? It's gone. Now what? There is no celebration. There's no celebration. Now you feel bad about yourself, and of course you feel bad about yourself, and then you eat more to make sure you feel good about yourself. I'm not joking. This is what happens. So a commitment is not enough. There has to be some accountability. You're going to see these C's. Now, here's the two things I want you to write. When you see that in our lives, understand these two statements. Just write them down. Number one, being committed is not enough. We must also be connected. And that means have relationships with people that are going to hold me accountable. Second, connecting in personal relationships with people, helps me, closes the gap, fixes the chain, and helps me to commit so then I can celebrate. So the missing part of many, 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 many Christians In a growing relationship with the Lord, oh, they've made a commitment, and they want to feel good about their growing walk, but they've stopped growing because there is not this connection to people, people who will hold them accountable, people who will hold them accountable. Now, you say, well, I don't, does that, I'm not sure that's biblical. We're supposed to love God and we're supposed to love people. What? I don't want people in my life. I I don't need them in there to kind of mess up and get in and figure out where I'm at. Well, yes, you do. And it's very biblical. In Matthew 16, notice what it says. Then Jesus said to his disciples, plural. When Jesus came to this earth, he was going to reproduce his life in someone else. So he said to his father, how many do I need? God said 12. 12, not one, 12. So he surrounded himself with 12 people. He was obeying the first two commands. Love God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, spirit, boom, boom, boom. 
and love your neighbor as yourself. He had, he had these 12 that he was reproducing his life in. He was connecting to them. This is the first example. Now, as you see that happening, you, you say to me, what does this word connect mean? You don't need to write it down, but here's what connect means. It's a community of people. It's a group of people like you. It's a group of people who share common interests, who are personally related with a goal of learning to do life together. Well, as you see that, Jesus spent three years with these 12. They were a group. They were learning to do life together. They worshiped God and they they were related to one another. And Jesus was always encouraging these disciples to become more like him. Now, when Jesus went back to heaven, what happened in the early church? Was there any connection of the people in the early church? I want you to turn your Bibles to Acts chapter 1. And we're going to go through the first five chapters of Acts very quickly, just a few verses Actually, one or two in every chapter, maybe skip a verse or two. I want you to see if the early church got it. Did they understand it takes more than a commitment? Did they get it? Did they understand it? Acts chapter 1, scoot on down to verse 14. Acts 1, 14. They all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Scoot over to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. Verse 46, Every day they continued to meet in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes and ate with glad and sincere hearts. Now, if you're awake at all, you should see some kind of a common thread appearing. Is there a word that maybe comes to mind together? Together. So we have more, but did the early church get it? Yes, they did get it. Do you get it? The church was the place of love and answers. Well, skip on down to chapter 5. Actually, chapter 4, verse 24. 4, 24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. Now, chapter 5, verse 12. You're right near there. The apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. And all the believers used to meet together in Solomon's colonnade. So just these few verses in the book of Acts, the disciples who had learned to connect to Jesus in personal relationships, they took it because they were the start of the early church. They said to the early church on that day of Pentecost 3000, here's what we have to do. We have to be connected to God. Obviously, we have to obey that commandment, but we have to be connected to one another. So we need to get together. And they began practicing the very model that Jesus showed them for three years. Now, the people had made this commitment to be a growing follower of Jesus, and they began to celebrate because of that. But the reason it worked, where did they meet together? Where did they hang out together? How did this relationship, this one-to-one relationship, four, five, seven, 12, 15, 18, thousands, 
how did they connect? Well, look at verse 42. You're already there in Acts 5. Look how the early church did it. Verse 42. Let's see how they met together. What kind of settings? Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. So where did they learn to connect? What two places? Temple courts. Remember, church didn't, first 300 years, they didn't meet inside, except maybe a rental building, later racks and whatever, Paul. They didn't meet in, they met in the temple courts, they just met in this huge setting like this. They connected together. But where else did they meet? House to house. They met in small groups where they could be more intimate with one another. They could actually know one another. They could pray for one another. They could encourage one another. Now, if we, the church, go back to this pattern, what would happen to the church? Well, look at chapter 6. You're right there. Verse 1. If you look at this verse, the Bible says, In those days, the days where they met in homes, And they met in a big group setting. In those days when the number of disciples was, what was it doing? Why was it increasing? Because if you wanted to be loved, if you wanted somebody to care for you, if you wanted to be involved in someone's life helping them, because we're made to do that, if you wanted to obey the great commandment of loving God with all your heart, my body, soul, spirit, and loving one another as yourself, you had to be in both places. You did in this corporate setting like we're doing here, but there had to be smaller groups where you could get more related and connect to those people. If you did that, the church flourished. Now, here's a statement I want you to write in your Bible. Don't ever forget this statement. This is God's will for his church. God wants his church to grow larger and smaller at the same time. At the same time, we don't grow the church. God does. God grows his church because God just continues to grow his church. Why? Because here's a place where you can get loved and get answers to life from the Bible. So understand at the very same time, God wants us to grow large. But if you're going to do that and be healthy, you got to grow small. You got to get into smaller units. When we were in England this year, I took a picture of this sign, went into this church, had been there forever. You are invited to go inside the Priory Church where Christian worship has been offered for 850 years. That's not enough. It is not enough to come to a big service every week. It is not enough. You need some type of a small group. It is not enough enough and you're going to struggle in your walk with God. You say, I don't think that's biblical. Oh, it's very biblical. Sadly, many people in the world look to other people and places when they have questions about life. The church needs to step up and be the light of truth in a dark world and a place where people can connect. In today's message, Pastor Mark challenged us as the church to be a place where we love and connect with others. True, we are to be committed, but in order to be and stay truly committed, we have to be connected. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Mark will continue to go through this series in the next edition of Lessons for Living. 
To add today's message to your study library, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The cost for each CD is $5, and that includes shipping. Again, to place an order for a CD, simply log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and select the Order a Message option from the main menu. The church needs to be a community of people connected by love. Christians cannot afford to be isolated. We need to be a community of believers. In the next edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will share that a community is a group of people who share common interests and are personally related with the goal of learning to do life together. He will prove from Scripture that early Christians did life together. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. Let us hear your